Hi, it's Friday, January 5th, 2024. Welcome to this very special edition of the Zagi Report, Real and Unscripted. It's very special because this is uh, uh, the day that we enter actually our fifth year of doing this podcast. Um, amazing. How are you doing, Jer? I'm, I'm doing even better after hearing about that. Yeah, and there is so much going on. Um, and uh, Iowa, we need, we need to talk about Iowa, and then later you've got some brand numbers that, uh, that you want to share. But let's get into Iowa, and let's respond to one of our actually uh, longtime friends, clients, and uh, viewers of this podcast, Hank Waronin, who suggests that we talk about Nikki Haley and what Nikki Haley's chances uh, really are. So are you game for that? Yeah, that, that's a good conversation. Okay, so so let's do it. You know, um, so Nikki Haley, uh, you know, as we all know, um, is about tied right now. One poll has her in second place in Iowa, but both she and Ron DeSantis are are falling way behind uh, Donald Trump. You move on to New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire is a very important state when it comes to primaries and, and caucuses. And Haley's doing better. Uh, in fact, one can argue she's at least running a closer second place to Donald Trump. And in a couple of polls, you might even argue a close uh, second place to Donald Trump. And then, you know, right after that is South Carolina, her state, where she's putting up some respectable numbers. However, um, let's look at this expectations game. I have already laid out that in terms of Iowa, uh, Ron DeSantis has to win. He's visited every county. He has spent to the tune of a quarter of a billion dollars. He's been talking about winning, not placing, not showing, but winning. And he's doing poorly, in fact, even slipping in New Hampshire. And so a close second by DeSantis or... Uh, a third place, I believe, would be fatal for him. Nikki Haley has to come in second. It has to be a strong second. And I don't mean a 40-point difference. She's got to come within a 15, 17 points of Donald Trump. Trump has to be hurt uh, in that polls are showing him at around 50% in Iowa. He's got to come in the high 30s or 40 to show some real damage while Haley comes in a respectable second in the high 20s or low 30s. Tall order. It looked like she was heading in that direction, but then there was a serious gaffe. And the thing about serious gaffes, this time it was about slavery, was how she handled it. She was thinking like a Southern candidate, thinking like a MAGA Republican, mindful that she can't go too far out on a limb, but she was historically inaccurate and historically inept. And her excuse that the questioner was a plant, well, welcome to the presidential campaign. There are more plants there than the botanical gardens uh, in, in Brooklyn. And so she, she blew it. Uh, and You'd say, well, you know, it wasn't fatal, and it need not be, but it stopped her in her tracks. 
stopped her in her momentum rather than the story being Haley making gains and being very good out there. It became the ineptness of her response and um, um, uh, maybe a slowing of momentum. And so the stakes are very high for these two candidates. Uh, and that's how I see it. What mm. do you think? Well, that, that's a, that's a good argument. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not just doing this to, for the sake of um, playing the devil's advocate, but I, but I really wonder how much it was that moment, right? You know, the thing is, is, is as we've seen in this cycle, as in a lot of cycles, but let's focus on this one. As soon, as soon as somebody on the Republican side gets a two point bump or a, a five percentage point bump, uh, the, the the headline on Drudge is you know it's a, I'm exaggerating but maybe not so much massive spike among Vivek you know massive spike among Haley and I think that that's more or less a projection of uh -huh. desire from from the media pundits that they want to see Trump falling and that they want to see somebody else not so much Ron DeSantis but another Republican. Um, I don't think that that gaffe helped Nikki Haley, but I don't know that those who are on the fence or those who may be open to to a, another candidate necessarily um, that destroyed any chances. I don't think it helped anything, but I don't think it was fatal. I think that there's something fundamentally underlying uh, that is likely to prevent Haley from skyrocketing. I do think she, I, look, anybody getting second place um, in, in, uh, in, in Iowa and doing so within 10 or 15 points is good. That rolls over. That's, that can be momentum. But I think the underlying um, factor or force here is that Enough of Republicans don't think that Haley, they didn't think before the gaffe, and they don't think now that ha Haley is a formidable challenger in the Armageddon election. What mm -hmm. is driving this is the stakes are high. The historical forces are such that we have arrived at the present moment in this country where we really are at a fork in the road. But there's three options, right? The larger forces playing out, I think, are forces pushing the United States and the rest of the world towards globalism uh, or towards remaining uh, a country with national sovereignty, or I think a third option, less popular, but nonetheless very much prevalent in, in our political landscape, the country breaking up, right? I mean, that's playing out, that has played out on the European continent and elsewhere. It's, certainly there's a history of it here. Those are the three options, and that puts America at a very pivotal epochal moment of we will never be the same after this election. And I, and I think because of that reality, I don't think a Nikki Haley rises to the occasion with, with the stakes so high. I think, look, Nikki Haley is a pro. She's a, she's a, she's a good politician, but she's two-dimensional. She is your typical politician who was probably class president, 
who knew at 16 she wanted to do something big, whether that was being an ambassador or even be a stateswoman or even be president, and has scripted her life and has built her resume for it. And that worked for a long time in this country. But I think we broke from that in 2016 as America gets closer and closer to this epochal, pivotal fork in the road moment that will redefine us forever. And I think Trump, this is my last point here, Trump fits the bill more because, number one, He's time tested. You know what you're going to get with him. There is an element of surprise with Trump and, and that MAGA voters love that. But you also do know what you're going to get. You know that with a Trump presidency, he's going to reinstate the Keystone pipeline. You know that with a Trump presidency, there's little question among his supporters that there will be a strong border. And remember, it's not just Republicans now. It is independents and even Democrats Democratic voters who are recognizing that the southern border is a humanitarian crisis and is a crisis born out of the Biden administration. And I'm not I'm not attacking. I'm just saying that is a reality. And then, of course, you have inflation. And I'm not saying that Trump is is the gold standard when it comes to economics. But the perception is from the average voter that the years 2016 through 2019 were golden ages in comparison to 2020 going forward, which looks a lot more dystopian, even to the average independent voter, more or less. Um, and so I think because all of that boiled down to the phrase, the stakes are so high, Nikki Haley, uh, a, a good, solid politician, but but not somebody who I, I, I think can outperform uh, Donald Trump in in this pivotal moment that that's what i think is the real backdrop here well you and i clearly go to different sections to peruse books in the library i can tell you that um and that's brilliant i don't agree i don't agree but it it is brilliant so here here's a cautionary note about judging candidates uh, versus judging presidencies arthur schlesinger jr once posed the very poignant question, very simple one. Would Lincoln have been Coolidge had he been president in the 1920s? And would, had, would Coolidge have been Lincoln if he was president in the 1860s? We don't really know that. I mean, you think of a one-term congressman uh, uh, like, like Lincoln, a corporate attorney like Lincoln, and someone who made a name for himself um, in, in debates uh, uh, against Stephen Douglas, all of a sudden now becoming president of the United States. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you have um, a Vermont-born governor of Massachusetts who gains national fame during the 1919 strikes uh, after World War I, particularly the police strike in Boston and takes a hard line against the strikers and becomes vice president and then accidentally becomes president, um, but a president during peace and prosperity. Um, uh, we don't know, you know, what a, a Nikki Haley will be or do. Just like uh, we didn't know Jack Kennedy, maybe still don't know Jack Kennedy as much has been written about him. 
but he's certainly listed among the greats, even though, you know, doors were open to him automatically from the time that, uh, that, that he was a child. All right. Anything else on Nikki Haley? Well, well, I mean, just, just to answer to that, and I mean, who am I to, to challenge Arthur Schlesinger, but I think a better analogy uh, uh, would be, would Lincoln have been FDR in 1932? And would FDR have been Lincoln in 1860? And that, that's kind of a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. The times make, I'm of the, the I'm of, there is a great historical debate. Does the, does the man or the woman make the times or does the times make the man? But I think in the case of 1860 and 1932, the times certainly made the president. Um, Absolutely. And, and so uh, I, I, you know, that's just, you know, a different take on, on, on that uh, historical observation. But yeah, I just don't see um, coming from Trump and what happened in 2016 in 2020, I think Nikki Haley would have to really up her game. That's not to say that she's reached her ceiling and that she can't um, build further momentum and and seize the moment. She could, but thus far, she hasn't really shown that, that she's more dynamic than what she's already uh, displayed. And, and, I, and I think that that is probably what is, um, uh, uh, you know, why why we're we're at where we're at today in terms of her polling okay so no predictions here but it looked to me like there might have been a shot for her to uh and she still might come closer in iowa than um than the expectations it suggested but she seems now to have been slowed in her tracks but we're going to revisit iowa we're going to do a couple of more of these podcasts before the all-important caucuses. Now, you've got some fresh polling numbers uh, that you want to share. Yeah, um, you know, I, I did. Uh, I, I guess I can still do that. Uh, I, you know, what I'll, why don't we just, since we're already talking about Iowa, and this isn't, by the way, the the Republican primary. This this is this is the head-to-head -head, uh, mm -hmm. Trump versus Biden, and. Today, I mean, it should be no surprise that Iowa is red. Uh, Trump is is leading Biden fifty one to thirty nine. What's uh, very interesting is looking at by party, seventeen percent of Democrats say they would vote for Trump, eighty two percent for Biden. Uh, that I, I think that's catastrophic. Um, among Republicans, this is Iowa now, right? This is Iowa. Um, yeah, that, that that is not good. It's a Republican yeah. state. You know, it's not a, a it, it's not a battleground state anymore. But that's not good. No, that that's not good. And and so what what about within Trump's party, the Republicans, uh, eighty three percent back. So so they they both get eighty two. Uh, Biden gets 82 from from Democrats, 82 percent. Trump gets 83 percent from Republicans. But here's the difference. Only six percent of um, of Republicans say that they would vote for Biden. Remember, 17 percent of yeah. Democrats said, said they would uh, vote for Trump. And so uh, the independents, uh, there's just an edge for Trump. Forty five percent of independents go with Trump and 43 percent go with Biden. And so 
that's interesting. I don't want to go. I have more states, but um, because Iowa is right the first, or at least historically has been the first, and that's where the as you've always said, the media, the money, and the momentum uh, mm -hmm. rolls over into the next. Why don't we just leave it at that? All right. That Unless you great. have it, 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 your commentary. Um, this is very competitive between two men um, that the American people don't want. That's what makes it even more intriguing. You've laid out, these are my closing remarks for me. You have laid out the high stakes in this scenario. You know, the, the overall umbrella is the rapidity and the comprehensiveness of the change that's taking place in our lives. It's all encompassing. And, you know, I have said elsewhere and on this podcast, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. But whoever the leader of the United States is during this rocky period is going to have a lot to say um, about what happens on the other end of this change. I think we're going to be okay no matter what, but I do think we're going through a, a rocky period. And I, I do know we have a clearer picture of what Donald Trump will do, and I'm not liking it one bit. Mm -hmm. But apparently uh, a lot of folks don't like either of these two candidates. Yeah, yeah. I, and you know what? I've got some bonus data. I, I figured I, I should be uh, generous here. So real quick, Michigan, okay, um, swing state, very key state. What's going on in Michigan as of today in the two-way? Uh, overall, Trump 47, uh, Biden 44. Uh, I'll do the same thing here. Let's look at Biden's party. 91% uh, back Biden, 91% of Democrats, 8% back Trump. What about on the Republican side? 90% of Republicans back Trump, only 4%, half, okay, of what, what's happening in Biden's party. 4% of Republicans say they'll vote for Trump. The independents decisively in favor of Trump, 44% of independents for Trump, 34 for Biden. So we have right there Iowa and, and Michigan, of course, it's a lot different in other states. I'm sure in New Hampshire, Biden could have an edge or is very close. Um, and Democrat states like Maryland, I, I, I'm sure. Uh, in fact, I know Biden is ahead. This is just a slice of the early states looking at general election voters. It's very competitive and uh, we're going to be following it. But we'll, uh, we'll do some Iowa first and some more from our poll in our next podcast very soon. You got Have it. Good day. Yeah, thanks. You, bye bye. You too.